We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? Jump that? We're, about one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that it's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. It is the Field of 68 After Dark Thirsty Thursday edition. My name is Greg Waddell. With me tonight, we've got a great crew. We've got Rob Doster. We've got Ashton Gibbs. And we even have Jeff Goodman, who just so happens to be live on site ahead of the biggest game in college basketball history. Yes, that would be Duke, North Carolina, Saturday evening, Coach K's final game on the sidelines for the Duke Blue Devils. Gentlemen, it's great to be here. I hope you guys are ready to talk some hoops. We've got a big night ahead. A lot of Big Ten moving and shaking couple teams in the state of Michigan that have not had such a pretty night. So, of course, I got to be here on camera to talk about it. We're going to talk about a couple one seeds that may have struggled but survived tonight. And then because it's senior night all across America tonight, we're going to give out some superlatives to teams and players that are closing the chapter as we head into March and the NCAA tournament. Jeff, let's start with you. You can see you're in the hotel. What's the atmosphere like in Durham? Yeah, I wish I could have done this in a tent, but I don't know if I could have pulled it off tonight in a tent. I think I probably would have had a few few too many Trulies because I was only there for a little bit earlier today, and they were they were giving me Trulies, and they wanted me to come back. To, maybe I'll go back after this. Uh, but listen, the atmosphere is good, not as good as it usually is because all the tents right around Cameron they were all taken down yesterday. So now they've got some tents. The grad students still have tents around the football, the concourse of the football stadium, but the undergrads, they're done. They're out in college game days setting up. So the one thing, it was 80 degrees today. Uh, I went to Coach K's news conference, which was kind of cool. I mean, again, for me, you know, as a guy who's been doing this a long time, gone to a lot of Coach K press conferences, kind of thinking about it like this is the last one I'm ever going to see at, 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 you know at Duke and you could see he kind of got a little bit not emotional but just kind of thinking about it that with all of us there and a bunch of national reporters there that the end was near 
right? It just, I think it hit him today of like the end is near um, 80 players coming in. They invited every single player that ever played for Coach K at Duke, 208 of them, 208 of them. And about 80 are going to be there. Grant Hill will be there. Leitner will be there. You know, remember, too, there's a lot of, of players that are either playing in the NBA, playing overseas, coaching in the NBA, like Quinn Snyder, coaching college like Bobby Hurley and Greg Paulus and, and Chris Collins and Jeff Capel. So you're not going to get anything close to, to 208. Uh, but it's going to be quite a show. I mean, it is. It's going to be goosebumps. I can't wait for kind of the, the, the lead up when I get in there before the game on Saturday, because to me, that that's when you're going to just feel it in it. To me, Cameron and, and, you know, Fog Allen are the two best places, period, anyway. And then you add this and you add Carolina Duke, Kay's last home game, Kay's last regular season game. It's going to be very cool. It's a bucket list deal. I like how you, uh, you said that Coach K didn't really feel how big this moment was until he realized this was going to be the last time that he saw you in a press conference two days before a game tips off. Yeah. I like that. always making it about yourself. Uh, I was well. I, I was a little worried he might come at me. We've been talked all year, and in the last, listen, you know, me breaking the story that he was retiring. I thought maybe he was pissed off at at me for it, but he answered my questions well. Uh, I had two que- I did a double barrel question for him, which I've always said is taboo. You never ask a double barrel question, a two parter. Well, I did it today. And the first part was, what do you remember about your first game? Give me your emotions from your first game you ever coached at Cameron. And my second one was because he had already talked about earlier how he hasn't been able to impact overall the change in college basketball that he would have liked. And I talked to him a few years ago about his relationship with Mark Emmert, the president, NCAA president. And I said, how many times have you talked to Mark Emmert in your entire life? And he said, not a whole lot lately. He's never called me to actually find out my thoughts on how to improve college basketball, which is what, a complete what does he want to what does he want to do to improve it? Like, was this trying to get the NIL stuff done quicker? Was this? No, no, I think it was get his. Well, I think it was get somebody in there who knows what the hell they're doing. That has the power to impact change in college basketball. Listen to him and his thoughts and whatever that, that, you know, his opinions are and act them. Um, so that, that was that. And then he said, I don't remember a thing from my first game. Not he, he literally said, I don't remember a thing about it, period, which so I, I was hoping. I have a question. I, I read a quote. I don't know if this was from the, the same presser. I'd assume it is because I don't know how much of a media tour he's doing right now. But I read a quote that he essentially said that after this season, he doesn't plan to have much of any involvement with the Duke basketball program. Do you buy that? I don't I don't think he'll be like Jim Calhoun that will be standing like Jim Calhoun when he retired was literally at midcourt for all the practices of like Kevin Ollie for a while. He's not going to be doing that, but yes, he'll have involvement. I mean, let's face it. Like John Shire is going to be smart enough to continue to involve him because he's going to want to get recruits and it'll help him. And you're going to want to use him as a sounding board and all that. I just, I don't think he'll and, be and there. Here's, and here's, here's yeah. the biggest thing he's, he, I think we can all agree if he's not the greatest to ever do it, he's one of like the two or three best in the history of the program. Why would you not want that resource right. around right. if you're John so, Shire? 
Yeah, I mean, he listen, he'll be involved. I think what he's saying is like, I'm not going to push myself on there. I'll be there if Shire calls me. I'm going to help with other things on campus, like maybe providing a facelift to, you know, Cameron Indoor Stadium, things of that nature. Uh, but I, I, you know, I think he's ready. I mean, Norlander asked him, you know, how do you feel right now? Do you feel ready at this point? Because you made the decision before the year, but now you've coached all year. And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% ready. But I, I got a lot. I got another month here, hopefully, to be able to maybe win another title. Now, do you, do you think it affects the recruiting in, in what way within the next, you know, two to three years? That's, that's what I was, you know, worried about, if anything, with, with Shire being such a young coach. I think it helps in a way. I mean, you're 33, right? Like you can connect with kids in a way that a lot of these other dudes can't. Yeah. You're young. Sure. So, and, and he had K for this year to get momentum and, and K didn't go out in the recruiting trail, but he was still involved. Let's be honest. These kids come to campus, you know, he's still going to put them on the phone with K uh, or whatnot, but I, he got momentum. And as long as they win next year, and that's kind of the key, right? Hubert Davis at Carolina didn't win at a high level this year. They're not going to have that momentum. They're going to get good players because you're Carolina anyway. But are you going to get – are you going to be able to pick your dudes? Because that's kind of what Shire did this year. He picked his dudes, and he, he went out and got Kyle Phil, uh, Filipowski and, like, these dudes that were special at each position, maybe the guys that Duke hand-picked. So, I, yeah, I think they'll be fine. I do. I think they'll be fine. So lost in might- all of the craziness here, there's still a game to be played as well, right? So Ashley, well, I want to I ask you, as a guy who's been, you know, at the highest level of college basketball in big games, can a moment like this, like, I don't know what the biggest game you've played in is, maybe you can tell us right here, but like, is there pressure on you as a player to go out in an environment like this? Like, is Duke, is Paolo Bencaro going to have a lot of weight on his shoulders for this game? Uh, I, I don't think so. It's a, I think everything is kind of on Coach K in terms of just, you know, with everybody being there in the atmosphere. But it is one of those moments where that's why these guys have came, you know, that's why they've come to Duke in the scheme of things like Ben Carroll. Um, you know, I, I'm sure there were talks uh, about it with uh, Coach K leaving and, you know, with him being you know, with this final season. So ultimately that's why you end up going high major. That's where I, that's why you want to play in the NBA to play at the highest level to play on the biggest stage. So if anything, it's going to give them, you know, some uh, extra oomph and uh, that energy, but anytime you're playing against, you know, playing in front of, I should say uh, the Grant Hills, the Christian Leitners, all of these legends that will be at the game. And then everybody that will be watching the game, you talk about a big, big time atmosphere and a big time opportunity for somebody to take advantage of uh not only Ben Carroll but some of these other guys that are just role guys or or maybe even fringe NBA guys that end up playing really well and you never know my worry would be the distraction of it all the pomp and circumstance of it all like this isn't about the game that's being played on the floor right this isn't about how does uh do keep Armando Baycott off the offensive glass? And what do you do if Caleb Love gets rolling and whatever, whatever matchups you want to talk about, right? This is about Coach K, his last game, 
all the players in the stands, all the people that are in the building, the $17,000 you got to pay on vivid seats to go in there and get a ticket, right? It's about everything else. What, what, what is What do we got going on over here? <laughs> Coach I, K okay. I bought it for you, Rob. I, I, it's I a Coach am, K bobblehead for everybody listening on Sirius that can't see it. They need to watch because right now, Coach K is nodding his head in approval of what Rob Doster is saying. Uh, well, the look, Coach I'll K bobble. I got a spot right there. <laughs> I'm not giving it to you. This is right a collector's there. item. You're right, not giving right this. Right there. Right there. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I, I, I figured. But I, I think it's so much more about um, everything else that's going on outside of the game itself. I, I'd i be a little bit worried if I was a Duke fan about winning this game. Now, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. Duke has already won the ACC regular season title, right? Like, how about that? How about that? When North, uh, when when Notre Dame lost the other night, Duke clinched the ACC outright regular season title for the first time since 2006. So I, I wonder if, if this is going to be something where North Carolina can come out and, and kind of spoil the occasion. I, honestly, I, I don't think I'd be that surprised if they were able to get it done. What? Come on, they're not going to win. But Duke players could be tight in this one. That's all I'll say is if the game gets close then I think they could tighten up a little bit because there is pressure. If there's one game you cannot lose as a player, other than a national title game, Final Four type game, you cannot lose this game if you're Paolo Bencaro, if you're Wendell Moore, if you're Trevor Keels, because you will forever be remembered as the guy that blew the biggest game maybe of, of Coach K's career, the, the last game at Cameron. You, I mean, imagine what that locker room will be like if they lose. Seriously, <laughs> you'll oh. never be invited back. They won't be coming to John Shire's last game. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, how, how many points would you guys need? This is a question we were discussing with producer Dagan right before the show started. 42, 42. If the line opens up at North Carolina plus 42, Jeff Goodman's hammering. I'll, that at our, I'll take the points. I'll take the uh, points at 42, 41. I'm not so sure. Well, so I, I'm curious because like Ken Palm's got this as a 12 point spread. I would think that. Vegas will set the line high enough knowing people want to bet Duke in this game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people wanting to put money on the Tar Heels. Could this really open up at like 14, 15? And if it does, like, I don't know, I might be able to talk myself into that moment starting slow for Duke. And maybe there's a live line you can jump on. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that I would want to be on the Duke side. If this got to like 14 and 15 for the line. Um, I, I think that the North Carolina side is the one I would I would want to be on. It would take a lot for me to actually sit there and say and type into my Bet Rivers app, money spent on North Carolina at Duke. Right? It, it, it would take a lot for me to make the decision and make that. You bet. just told you just said that you thought they could win. I I would not be surprised if they. Like, I, I think that the flip flopper. You're a flip flop. I'm not flip flopping. <laughs> I'm not flip flopping. I what I'm saying. I'm talking. It's it's not flip flopping. I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. You got to you got to get whatever. You got to get crap. Well, yeah, because no matter what, I'm going to be able to say that I was right. So if they or, if they or, win, or, or I can we'll, be like, I or told we'll be you able I to say it. you were wrong. Uh, no one remembers. No one remembers the stuff you get wrong. All they remember is when you predict North Carolina going into win at, at Cameron. But I didn't do that because I said I don't even know if I would take the spread. So you see what I'm doing there, Goodman? No, Setting I'm up. too tired well, to try to <laughs> yeah. translate what the hell you're talking about right now. The just go just go play with your bobblehead, okay? Yeah, you got I, I do <laughs> think it's a – Coach I K do doesn't think even it's a understand lot of what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, the one thing I think this game is missing from a just pure fan of college basketball standpoint is that I wish there was a bigger villain on the North Carolina side 
who yeah. could just make this like all they care about is ruining this moment for Coach K and Duke. Like, who, who would be that guy? Right? Who, who's the Carolina for, like even the former? Like, give me one Hansborough. guy at Carolina. Hansbro, gotta be Hansbro. There's no one for else sure. it could be. It's gotta be Hansbro. Yeah, without question. Maybe yeah. he'll come. Maybe he'll come out of the stands. Maybe Tyler Hansbro just come out of the stands yeah. and like clothesline somebody or something. Honestly, Hubert should just put him on the bench for this game. Just get, <laughs> get him a suit. Get him a suit. Yeah, I, I don't think. Call they, him a super senior. Him. Call him a super yeah. senior and throw him out there. Just put him on the bench. Put him in warm ups. So, you know, I'm sure he looks pretty good in layup lines these days, right? Yeah, sure. Nobody would notice that there's actually a good player in the North Carolina. Oh, Jeff, thank you so much for dialing in here. We're going to head to break over on Sirius XM channel 84 ESPNU. Enjoy your evening. Enjoy your Friday night in Durham and uh, enjoy the spectacle of Saturday, my friend. Oh, I'm going to have a blast, a blast. And uh, maybe I'll even make another appearance on tomorrow night's show, but I will not be nearly as sober as I am right now. <laughs> We'd love that. All right. Coming up next, we're going to move to the Big Ten. And I'm going to tell you why there's a Big Ten team nobody's talking about that is actually on the bubble that everyone thinks is safe. That's coming up next on Sirius XM Channel 84. Hey, Nuclear. Good have been jumping out early, ruining everything for us, huh? Dagan, how do you feel about that one? Yeah, I know. I had a question for him, and he just left. Everybody wanted to know. He was holding that stick, Mike. I wanted to know what his go-to karaoke song was. But I guess we're not going to find <laughs> out now. <laughs> that's for Can tomorrow. You, just imagine Goodman trying to sing, and then that's the only answer that you need to that question. So um, we, got, we got anything else in the chat other than Goodman's karaoke mix? Hey, by the way, 100 likes. We're ready to go. We're locked and loaded. Hey, Greg's going to do one with me if we get it done. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. You don't got it. 100 likes. 100 likes. All right. Let me let me look at uh, at the questions. A lot of, a lot of Duke talk, obviously. Um, line's going to be at like 15 for Duke. I could see that. One minute. Carolina first half. If that's really yeah. what happens, if I can get like eight, nine points first half, Carolina, I'll that. Oh, here you go. I found a question. That's what I was thinking, too. I found a question. Here you go. More. Which is the more likely scenario for Saturday? Duke? Wins by 15 plus, or it comes down to a last second shot. Uh, I think it's going to be, I, I think it'll be close. Seconds. I think really? it'll be close. 30 seconds. Yeah. Oh. I, I tend to lean towards the uh, the close. Where are you, Greg? I know it's a lot of pressure on a young guy. They they have enough young guys, the Mark Williams, Ben Carroll, where it's that, that's a tough, yeah, that's tough as a freshman. Now, I just think they'll pull away 10 late. seconds. I don't think Carolina has the dudes to hang for 40, maybe 20, but and like I don't think Carolina's as desperate as they would have been. Yeah. Here you go. Welcome back to Field of 68 after dark on Sirius XM channel 84 ESPNU. And also on the Field of 68's YouTube channel and streaming on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Every single thing you do helps. And you know what else it does? Not only does it make us feel good, it helps us do fun things, great things, like go to the Rivers Casino in Philadelphia for the first two days of the NCAA tournament. Like go to the Barclays Center, Madison Square Garden, live for conference tournaments, which is where the Field of 68 will be in the next two weeks, we have a lot of exciting upcoming live shows throughout March. 
We'll be trying to bring you the best coverage in all of college basketball. So we are looking forward to that. Gentlemen, we're going to move to the Big Ten, my home territory. Unfortunately, it's been a bad night for me and my family and my friends. Michigan and Michigan State both go down tonight. And on top of that, Illinois won, which I don't like either. I don't like any of the results tonight. Let's start with, I think, the team that was most impressive tonight, which is the Iowa Hawkeyes, who came into Ann Arbor on senior night and gave them a little bit of revenge because Michigan went down to Iowa and knocked them off just a couple weeks ago. And all of a sudden, Michigan finds themselves again, truly on the bubble, probably need a win in their final game of the regular season to feel safe. Um, gentlemen, Iowa is, is really, I think, slept on from a metrics perspective right now. I mean, the metrics are higher on them than the national narrative is. If you look at Ken Palm, Iowa is neck and neck with Purdue. I mean, statistically similar, top five offenses in the country, uh, fringe top 100 defenses. They've got a national player of the year candidate in Keegan Murray, who just continues to impress night in and night out. Rob, is Iowa a team that can truly make a second weekend in March? I would not be surprised to see it happen. Now, look, I've been one of the people that has been talking about how I'm not a, a, a buyer in Purdue, right? And how I don't think that Purdue belongs in the same conversation as some of the top teams in the country. I think Purdue belongs in the same conversation as teams like Iowa, where you say, look, if they get the right matchup, this is a team that is explosive enough offensively. They can win a game, two, maybe even three, potentially win four. Like if, if things are going right for them, they're actually playing a little bit of defense. Um, I, I think if I'm Purdue, the same way I'm looking at this with Iowa, I would be happy if I get to a second weekend with this group. And I think this Iowa team would be happy if they could get to a second weekend. It's unbelievable when you think about it. They lost the National Player of the Year, and they're probably as good, if not better, than they were a season ago. They're, they're 14th in Ken Palm. I don't think people realize this. They, they've they no. now won five in a row, right? They've now won eight out of nine. They are sitting at 12-7. and seven. In the Big Ten, 22-8 and eight overall. These are the teams that they've beaten in the last two weeks. Ohio State on the road. Michigan State at home. Nebraska, they don't really count. Northwestern is a mid-major. And then they just won at Michigan by um, by 11 points, right? They've been blowing teams out. I, I think that they're being slept on nationally in terms of just how good and how dangerous they can be offensively. I absolutely think they can get to a second weekend. Ashley, where do you stand on that? I agree. And the, the reason I say that is they have, you know, Ke Keegan Murray is a first round pick to me, the way he can just take over a game in in the scheme of things like that. That's what you need in an NCAA tournament. Obviously, I was in college when Kimball Walker was, you know, on a on a path that was unprecedented. But anytime, anytime uh, you have a team that has an identity similar to Iowa, they push the ball. Um, they know who they are. They know who they are defensively. I think they're solid enough and uh, they can score it. They can score it. And they also dominate the boards. Uh, I think they do a really good job on the boards. So anytime, you know, you have that identity, you have a player that's big time that can take over games at any time. He, he literally could be the best player on the court um, in any game in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think the sky's the limit. All right, Ashton, I got to ask you a question since you brought it up. Group chats that Gary McGee is on. Do you guys still roast him <laughs> for, for what happened? Do you let him have it? Like, not as much. 
We we did tell him to cut his hair. We did tell him to cut his hair so people wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so with, it, with uh, Iowa for me, with Iowa for me, if you look at last year, right, everybody had them as a quote unquote national contender. I don't know that anybody thought they were a real title contender, but like they were a top five team consensus for the majority of the season. People expected a sweet 16 last year. Ultimately, it didn't happen. Um, but then this year, I mean, they, they haven't been a top 25 team really at all, start to finish. And guys, they're essentially the same team as they were last season. I know Luca Garza is gone, but statistically, everything they do is identical to last season. And I think, you know, if I had a vote for Big Ten Player of the Year, I said this earlier tonight, and I got a little bit of crap from it from Wisconsin fans, rightfully so, I would vote for Keegan Murray as the Big Ten Player of the Year. And part of that is because I think Wisconsin's supporting cast is a little better than people truly make it out to be. I've heard a lot of like that team wouldn't even make the NIT and Johnny Davis has dragged them to the position they're in. Johnny Davis is 100% a big reason why, but he also had a full month and a half of the big 10 season where he shot sub 40% from the floor on some very tough shots. And that team was still winning games. So You're I don't. Just a Johnny that, Davis hater. This this is confirmed. It's not a Johnny <laughs> Davis hater. He's you a first team All American, Rob. But I, what I am, and I, I better watch how I say this. What I am is a really big fan of Keegan Murray's. Okay, <laughs> um, he's I, the guy's a first team All American, but he's making Iowa's defense look good. Do you know how hard it is to make a Fran McCaffrey defense look good? The one thing I would say is this: when Iowa went to the NCAA tournament last season. They ranked 50th in adjusted defensive efficiency according to Ken Palm's metrics. That's going into the tournament. It looks a lot worse after they got the score run up on them by Oregon in the second round. This year's team is 74th um, in adjusted defensive efficiency. So I, I, I don't think that they're quite as good. What I will say is this. When they decide to put their defensive lineup on the floor this year, I actually think that there are times when they can be really effective. Now, that's when they have the Toussaint kid at the point and that freshman, I'm blanking on his name. Um, uh, someone Perkins. else, Tony, Tony Perkins. Yeah. Tony Perkins. They put him out there with the two Murray brothers, maybe get Patrick McCaffrey. You're long, you're athletic. They throw in that like three quarter court press and they can really frustrate teams. But the problem is when you do that, you take away some of the more effective players that you have. You don't have Jordan Bohannon on the floor. So kind of limits what you can be. And I think that there's a, a legitimate concern. The same thing with Purdue your best offensive team and your best defensive team, they don't overlap a lot. And when you have teams like that, like I get concerned about them. They become to me something where it's matchup specific in the tournament. Now, can Keegan Murray just go bananas and average 35 a game and just throw this team on his back and carry them to the tournament because they're going to score 95 every night. He just cannot stop them. I would not be shocked if that happened right? Like he's, he's a very good player, but I do think that there are some limitations to this Iowa team um, that keep them from being someone that I would, I would say is a true final four uh, contender, right? Like I think that they're just below that tier. Um, I think Purdue is just below that tier. And frankly, Ashton, I don't think there's a single team in the big 10 that I would say is a final four contender, not Illinois, contender? not Iowa contender. Really. Yeah. Like, I uh, did, yeah, so, I don't think I would say. I, don't, I mean, I don't think favorite, is favorite is a word, but you don't think there's a team that could make a Final Four? Because that's what contender means to me. Like, can you see a, a two-week winning streak where they win four straight? Absolutely, but I don't think that there's a team where I would say, okay, favorite, the, the favorite's probably the better uh, 
the better nomenclature there. We're saying the same thing. Okay. I Well, I do think it's hard to scout Iowa um, in terms of the NCAA tournament. You, you don't have much time to scout. When you have a guy like Keegan Murray and then um, they take care of the ball on offense, I, I think they're actually a tough team to scout for in a short period of time. And uh, they, they can use that to their advantage. Um, also, like the, like you said, defensively, they they turn you over. And uh, Joe Toussaint, I think he, he does a good job of just pushing the ball. But anytime you can score like that, I think it, it's really tough to, to scout in a short period of time. I, and anytime you have a, a, a big time player that can take over a game at, at will, I, I think that's what it comes down to when you, you have such a short period of time, the scouting is going to be huge in the NCAA tournament. In conference play only, Iowa actually had the fifth best defense in the Big Ten, um, which i not saying a lot of Big Ten defenses because Purdue is not very good on that end. Michigan State's been bad on that end, but they've been better than most people realize. Uh, quickly, we do need to get to Michigan State, Ohio State, just quickly on Michigan. Is this team going to make the tournament? Rob, what do you think? I don't think so. No? I don't, I don't think that they are. Um, who do they have? They have, uh, they still have, is it Michigan? Who's, who do they play? They, are, in the last they are at Ohio state for the final game of the regular season. And, uh, the fielding, the 68 show told me if they go one and two, they are basically right on the line of last four in first four out. Yeah. I, I, I it's going to be tough. My, here's my thing. Do you want Michigan or Rutgers, Michigan, Rutgers, Indiana? It doesn't feel like you're going to get all three of those teams in for the big yeah. team. Rutgers Maybe gets two. I think yeah. Rutgers at this point, I think you would probably have to take Rutgers, but like they could also go into Ohio state and beat Ohio state by 30. I take my Michigan fan hat off. I'd rather watch Rutgers play basketball right now. I'll tell you that. Those guys are a lot more fun to watch. Uh, we're also, we're extremely close to getting a potential Michigan, Wisconsin rematch in the quarterfinals of the big 10 tournament, by the way, a couple things need to shake out, but it's the likely outcome is Michigan, Indiana in the eight, nine game winner gets Wisconsin. So fingers crossed. You know, I don't, I don't want to see that. No, I don't want to see that. The, the game is going to be whistled so tight that every single person of relevance is going to be sitting on the bench with two fouls, eight minutes into the game, That's right? It's going to be nothing but free throws. There's going to be 400 foul calls because they're just going to say, we're not going to let this get to the point of what happened last year. Now, the only way to, to avoid that is by actually like, uh, giving Juwan Howard two fouls in the first half. So he has to sit on the bench. <laughs> That's probably the key, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how it shakes out. Uh, okay, quickly, before we have to go to break here, Michigan State, uh, rocky one, to say the least, on the road against Ohio State tonight. An 80-69 to victory for the Buckeyes. They were up 13 to nothing to start the game. This Buckeyes team was without Zed Key, was without Kyle Young, and Joey Brunk went for 18 points tonight on the Michigan State front court. This Spartan team is broken. Okay, when I alluded to a team who is potentially on the bubble that no one realizes, I'm talking about the Michigan State Spartans. I've seen enough of this team. I mean, this team, if not for just a good win-loss record in the non-conference, they would not be on the right side of the bubble right now. I believe they've lost seven of their last nine games, haven't beaten anybody with a pulse except for Purdue, and that game was a lot more about Purdue than it was about Michigan State. Ashton, what do you make of the Spartans right now? Are they just done? Are they cooked? Yeah, I think they're done. And the, the reason I say that is that you heard Tom Izzo, you know, a couple of days ago, uh, question how hard they play. And anytime, you know, the head coach is questioning your work ethic and how hard guys play on, you know, particular possessions, 
I can't really believe in you. But ultimately, it came to me, this season came down to inconsistent guard play. I had Tyson Walker, AJ, you know, Hogard. I had them as one of the top backcourts, especially in the Big Ten. And they didn't really play like it, uh, not consistently. They had some games where they played well. But anytime you don't play, you know, hard possession by possession, especially for a Michigan State team, for an Izzo coach team, um, it's hard for me to believe in. Can I ask you a question, Greg? You watch the Big Ten, I think, more than I do, probably. Why doesn't Marcus Bingham play more? <laughs> Rob, I've been screaming it from the rafters, and Michigan State fans <laughs> are even annoyed with me. The guy in the non-conference had the highest block rate in the country, was like a 10 and 8 and 4 blocks guy. And he was captaining a top five defense nationally in the country through three weeks. And then he got COVID. And then he had some quote unquote conditioning issues that may or may not have lingered for three months, but he's also been in the doghouse. I mean, there, there are games where Marcus Bingham just shows a total lack of effort, a total, I don't want to be here mentality. Uh, Tom Izzo's called him out publicly. He's berated him in press conferences, but I, I don't know who to blame for it at this point. What I do know is that without Marcus Bingham in a 25 minute a game role, this team's horrible. I mean, that, that is the one thing that can swing them. And at this point, it looks very unlikely that that's ever going to return this season. Yeah, to me, he's just he's the anchor that allows you to be really, really good defensively. And I don't think that this team has enough weapons on the offensive uh, offensive end of the floor to be anything more than just like fine if they're not really, really good defensively. They, they got to be able to win on that end. And also, it help, like that gets you out in transition. And we all know how good Michigan State is when they run. And Tom Izzo loves to break. Blah blah blah. This that, and the third. But to me, it starts with having that anchor at the five. Like, look at the best defensive teams in college basketball. They all have someone at the rim that can erase everything. And to me, Bingham is that guy. And I just – it's weird that he's not getting more minutes. So, it's got to be something with Izzo and him because I don't think Izzo is the kind of guy that's going to – that's going to not play. So, he would figure that out. Yeah. You know, the other thing that would help, having any player that could even sniff the all-conference third team having any yeah. player that was a lock pro. I mean, this team is just not that talented uh, and they can't make up for it when they are lacking leadership, lacking some toughness, lacking the defense. So we'll see. Uh, they're running out of time to turn it around. Quote unquote, Mr. March is 0-2 in March. Uh, we'll see where things go from there. Coming up next on Sirius XM channel 84, we're going to talk about a couple of one seeds, Kansas, Arizona in action tonight, still clinging to their hopes of being on that one seed line but they were on the ropes. We'll tell you if one of them is going to fall down come selection Sunday. All right, Dagan, what do we got? Is the chat popping? Yes, we got a good one. Joey wants to know who is going to have the bigger drop-off. Going back to our earlier conversation, Syracuse after Bayheim or Duke after Coach K? Syracuse. 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 They've already dropped off. What are they right now? They've <laughs> yeah. been to, I think they've been to like four of the last eight NCAA tournaments or something like that. And it, it, the, the fact that they, they made that final four run in 2016 and they made the, what was it? The sweet 16 out of the playing game in 2018, right? They had those two tournament runs have masked the fact that they've been to four of the last eight NCAA tournaments. And just the recruiting aspect. I, I, I don't see mm-hmm. them getting, you know, who well, they but- use you to get. One thing I'm looking forward to for Syracuse, though, beyond Jim Beheim, they won't have to recruit only Beheims going forward. Maybe that's. <laughs> we'll 
All right, here's, here's another one for you. What does Keegan Murray have to do to win player of the year? He can't. National, national player of the year? Sure, yeah. 30 seconds. Uh, they just when have do, to win. When, when do they vote on that? They vote on that pre-tournament, right? They, they vote on that before the conference tournaments. Like, the official votes oh, for the awards oh, come, go in in, like, four days. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he ain't he winning can't. it. He can't. He ain't winning it. He deserves to be more in the conversation, I'll tell you that much. And reminder, hit that like button. 10 likes. Me, me and Waddell are locked and loaded. Ashton's going to chug his water. I'm chugging the Five water, seconds. man. <laughs> Here you go. It's the Field 68 After Dark Thirsty Thursday edition. We've got Rob Doster here promising shotguns of seltzers in the afters portion of the show. So stay tuned for that after we wrap up on Sirius XM Channel 84 ESPNU. We will still be live on YouTube. Taking your questions in the chat, hit that like, hit that subscribe, and we might even get Ashton Gibbs to shotgun some sort of beverage. It might be a water. <laughs> don't know. We're still seeing. Uh, fellas, there, there were two teams tonight that are currently on our Fielding the 68 Bracketology show, the experts. They have them on the one line. That would be Kansas. That would be Arizona. Right now, those are the last two teams on the one line of our official seed list that drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Both teams struggled tonight. We're going to start with Kansas, who came away with a four-point victory against TCU, a game that came down to the final possession. TCU had the ball in their hands, down three points with 10 seconds left. Rob, I know you were uh, questioning what the shot was in that situation, I believe, in the group text prior to the show. Um, this game was tied at half. This was not necessarily a game where Kansas ever pulled away and TCU had to make a crazy comeback. It wasn't a game where they ever felt like they were out of it. But a team that was favored by 12 points tonight at home in a one-possession game with a, a fringe bubble team like TCU has to raise a little bit of concern levels for Jayhawks fans as they try to clinch this one seed. Uh, Rob, what would you make of the Jayhawks' effort tonight? Uh, I, I mean, they – they got to win in a game where they didn't play great against the team that just beat them two days ago, coming off of back-to-back -back losses. So like, I, I don't think that it's, you know, a close win, uh, a blowout win at, at this point, a win is a win when you're playing for a championship, right? Go get it done against Texas. And you're going to have at least a share of the big 12 regular season title. To me, the biggest thing with Kansas is uh, we, we've spent so much time this year lamenting the fact that, they don't have a great point guard lamenting the fact that Dewan Harris is out there and he can only do certain things. And Remy Martin's only a certain kind of player. That's only going to play a certain kind of way. And they don't have this great point guard play and this, that, and the third, and we're always concerned about them. They're a top five offense in America. They are fifth right now. Ken Palm's adjusted offensive efficiency that their offense is fine. What they can't do is get stops, right? That's my biggest concern with this group. Not whether or not they can score, whether or not they can stop you from scoring. They gave up, 74 points and 63 possessions to TCU on Tuesday. They gave up 80 points in a very nice 69 possessions uh, at Baylor on Saturday night. I guess the Baylor team that didn't have LJ Cryer, that basically played six guys and played a Division II transfer for 20 minutes off the bench, right? They gave up 83 points and 79 possessions to Kansas State last Tuesday. They are right now the fifth best defense in the Big 12, which is not something you see very often. Uh, out of a Kansas team. They are the worst team in the conference at forcing turnovers. Right now, they force turnovers on 15% of their possessions 
in Big 12 play. That would rank 340th nationally if you extrapolated that over an entire season. They don't force turnovers, and they, they're they so bad playing off the ball. Like They, they just lose track of their men. Watch them next time they play. See how many times guys go back doors on them. See how many times they just lose track of somebody. See how many times you get wide open layups. Like there's, they give up way too e- too many easy baskets. Don't get those easy baskets themselves, and don't force turnovers, and don't get stops that way. I, I just, I think that they are limited on the defensive end of the floor. And if they're gonna have a point where it's like, okay, you know what, they're gonna get picked off here, it's because it's because they're not gonna be able to stop anybody. That, that I, I feel like the narrative around what the issues that this team has has been completely wrong over the course of the entire season is that crazy am i flipping the narrative i'm trying to flip the narrative here no i actually agree with you i think defensively they they definitely have to step it up especially to be a one seed if they want to make a final four defensively is where you got to make your mark i actually think it was an underrated win today because you you talk about a tcu team that's fighting for their lives um so to actually get a win especially after you just lost um i actually thought it was a it was a good one. Obviously, it was at home, but um, this is still a TCU team. Maybe I'm a little biased because I'm a Jamie Dixon product. But um, overall, I, I actually do think it was a good win. But for them to make a Final Four defensively, they have to make their mark. I, I still I still have hope in Remy Martin, man. I, I really do. And the reason I say that is he's, he's proven it at a high level. Um, obviously, he's in a completely different role. But you never know how the NCAA turns out. Um, you know, it's hard to scout um, short, short term and, you know, short, short turnarounds. But he's a guy that can score um, and he, he likes the big stage. But ultimately, you know, Obaji, Christian Braun gives him a lot of, um, you, you know, big time motor, gives him a lot of energy. But if they really want to make a Final Four, ultimately, uh, I, I think they you're right, Rob. Like they definitely have to make their mark on the defensive end. I, I just don't think that Remy's ever going to be fully healthy. I, I just I don't I don't see that happening. Right. Like yeah. he, he I know he's bad. He's played the last three games, but I, I'm I'm not convinced that he's ever going to be the guy we thought he was going to be full time, which is fine. I think Dewan Harris it's is fine. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think Dewan Harris can get the job done for you on that end of the floor. Again, their issue is not scoring the ball. They could do plenty of that. Their issue is getting enough stops and stringing enough stops together and preventing good teams from getting easy baskets. And they don't do that very well. Now, while you say their issue isn't scoring the ball, I can't tell you how much stronger I would feel about Kansas if you just flipped transfer point guards with the team I do trust in the Big 12, Baylor. If you could put James Akinjo in Remy Martin's spot on Kansas, wow. I'm all in on these guys. And I get I, honestly, like, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I, I really trust. Baylor all that much either they, they got six guys man and and look LJ Cryer I would be very surprised if he came back and played anywhere near the level that he was playing at before he got hurt yeah like I, Kansas is really good I don't think that they are quite national championship caliber this season but they're really good uh Baylor to me if you could go back and and fix Jonathan Chamo Chacho's knee and fix LJ Cryer's foot then I, I'm in that might be the best team in America, right? But they got six guys, man. They got six guys, and like two of their most important pieces are freshmen. They play a Division two transfer off the bench. I, I just, it's very hard for, I, I, it's very hard for me to buy into Baylor being able to make a deep run of the tournament with 
those kind of limitations. And it sucks, but it is what it is. One last thing I'll say on Kansas, they don't have a win away from home this season against a top 40 team in the country. I mean, they've taken care of business at home, but they've had quite a few opportunities against the Kentuckys of the world. Uh, Texas Tech at their place, Texas at their place, Baylor at their place, TCU at their place. I mean, pretty much every single tournament team they've played. I think they got one at Iowa State. It's probably their best non-home win of the season. But I am a little skeptical when they get to the neutral courts uh, in March where this team is headed. Let's flip to the Pac-12, though. Arizona, the other team we alluded to. Again, on the one line, according to our bracketology experts from the Fielding the 68 show, you can catch that show every Monday and Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Field of 68. This one was dicey. This was a a five-point deficit for the Wildcats early in the second half. Rob, you were, uh, you know, we, we like to go over to Bet Rivers, our friends, and sprinkle a little money here and there. And you were all over this. Is it time to live bet the Wildcats yet? Is it time? Is it time? Ultimately, I wish we would have. They, they come away with a 12-point win. Um, I, is Arizona just getting a little complacent maybe in these games? Is it fair to say that? Or do you still trust the Wildcats? I do. I do. I just think that they're a team that's, that's always waiting for that run. Right. Our shout out to Evan Miyakawa. Right. He, he has a, a stat that he tracks called kill shots, the 10-0 runs. And you're just waiting for that Arizona kill shot. And you know, it's going to come at some point. Uh, it did not come at Colorado. And to me, that had a lot more to do with the fact that you're playing at altitude for the second time in three nights. Uh, you're playing against a team that's desperate on their senior night. Uh, and it's just kind of the end of a long season. Like it just felt like that was one of those nights that happens. All right. Arizona's 27 and three. Sometimes that shit happens. Um, I'm not Ashton. I don't know about you, man. I'm not worried about Arizona at all. I, no, I think not that me. That the outside of Gonzaga, I think that they are the most dangerous offensive team in college basketball, and you're just waiting for them to rip off like a 20 to six run at some point because you know what's coming. Yeah, I I actually have Arizona winning it all. Um, you talk about Coloco, wow. Coloco around the basket, Matherin could literally take over a game. You know, we were talking about it earlier. His confidence and his swag, the way he carries himself, it's almost contagious with everybody else. Um, you know, the key is going to be Kirk Creason. Can he make shots? You know, is he too emotional where he gets out of his game? Um, but ultimately, you talk about the pedigree of Tommy, Tommy Lloyd. You talk about um, just the way these guys, you know, handle, handle themselves Um on both ends of the court, I think possession by possession, they play hard. Um, they just take it personal. That's the way I, I see the way they play. And uh, and they have the talent. They have the talent. That's what it comes down to an NCAA tournament. Uh, so um, you talk about, you know, taking it personal, playing hard, mixed in with a big-time coach, and you have one of the best players in the country that will be a lottery pick. Uh, sky's the limit for these guys. Yeah, they're, they're just so athletic, man. Now, they got to get Dale and Taylor healthy. I, I, I'm i not yep. sure. Like, it's, I mean, the, the game just ended 20 minutes ago. So he rolled his ankle again. I think it was the same ankle that he rolled earlier this year. Um, so, uh, like, that's a that's a big blow. He's kind of the, 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 the way that he can kind of run things and transition and the fact that he could be a passer and a finisher and a defensive stopper. Like, he's, he's a very, the, the quintessential glue guy, to use a cliche. Um, but so if he's not there, I think that it does hurt him, but I, I, they're, they're so dangerous. I'm not worried about them at all. I hope you were just teasing that Greg. Are you worried about them, Greg? Are you, 
I, oh, I will, he's worried, Ashley. He's worried. I will, wow. I will he's I'm worried because I, I'm not going to be picking Arizona to lose first or second round, especially if they end up on the two-line or, or, or the one-line, obviously. But I'll say this. I When it comes to Arizona and Kansas, give me every team on the fielding the 68's two-seed line over those two teams, which would be Auburn, it would be Kentucky, it would be Duke, and it would be Wisconsin. And I know that sounds crazy. But I, I'm in on those four teams over both Arizona and Kansas. Kansas has too big of a hole at point guard and center. And Arizona, I don't care how many people try to tell me this. I don't care how many times I have to see Jeff Goodman come on this show in a headband. I am not trusting Kirk Risa to make a Final Four. I'm just not doing it. I know he's been hot. I don't think You're he's a hater. Four straight games. Yeah. I don't think you, so you don't trust Kirk Risa, but no. you trust Wendell Green. Trust that's Jamari what you Smith. just said that's what you Jamari don't trust Smith. Kirk Creesa but you trust Wendell Green oh Dagan, Dagan, producer Dagan put out that tweet right now Stop Greg it. Waddell Stop it. I tr- I don't trust Kirk Creesa I trust Wendell Green that's a quote he just said well, it right Wendell Green is Steepers <laughs> media endorsed by the way Icy Wen my guy but Jabari Smith <laughs> Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler make up for Wendell Green's mistakes okay I don't know that Ben Matherin and uh, Coloco are going to do that for Arizona. We'll see. We'll see if I'm they've wrong. Done, they've done it 27 times. Yeah, against the Pac-12, yeah. against the they've Washington, the Oregon State of the world. Come on. <laughs> come on. All right. We have to go to break. Uh, I could spend hours arguing with Rob over this, clearly. When we come back, though, it's, it's senior night all across college basketball. It's the end of the year. It's time to look back and do some superlatives, some teams that are going to be most likely to succeed as we head into the NCAA tournament. We'll give you that next on the Field of 68 After Dark. Okay. I don't trust Kirk Reese, man. I can't do it. I hope the chat agrees, Dagan. <laughs> they do not. Oh, no. no. <laughs> um, I have a few questions for you guys. We'll fire, we'll fire some of these off quickly. Uh, who is it in a better spot to make the tournament, Xavier or Michigan? I think it's Michigan. I think... I think, I think at, at at this very moment in time, like in the snapshot in this moment, I think it's Xavier. But Xavier is going to lose their next two games. Like they're not winning again, man. They right. stink. Who do they, who do they play next to? They have Georgetown. Uh, they, they play Georgetown. Oh, yeah, Georgetown's going to get it. Georgetown's bet the bet the house on it. Go to Bet Rivers, download the app, bet the house on Xavier losing to to Georgetown. Oh my God, that would be so bad. Hey, I have one for you, Ashton. This one's for you. Toughest guy that you ever had to guard? Uh, Kimba, without question. <laughs> or Kyrie, Kyrie. I grew up with Kyrie, so it was mixed. <laughs> and we already kind of mentioned this team. Didn't talk a ton about him. Can TCU make a run in March? Yeah. 30 seconds. They're sneaky talented. Yeah? Like, yes. They're, they're, they're underrated, talented. man. Yeah. They're sneaky talented. They're good. I, I like them. Um, I also agree. I, not, that I, not that nobody cares, but I agree. Yeah, I, I, they, I like like Mike Miles is a really good player. Damian Ball's kind of figured it out. Emmanuel Miller was the kid from Texas AM, right? He's good. Mike Ten Peavy, he was like a, a four-star kid coming out. He's been yeah. he's been good too. Like they're they're sneaky, they're sneaky talented. I like Micah Peavy. That's the only Here guy you We are back on After Dark, the field of 68's late-night college basketball show. Be sure to stick around for the afters. Again, there are rumors that we're going to be potentially shotgunning some beverages. Who knows? It is a thirsty Thursday. Uh, Rob Doster, Ashton Gibbs, 
Greg Waddell is the lineup tonight. We've got 10 minutes left, fellas. We're going to play my yearbook game, my college basketball yearbook. Superlatives. We're going to go around the horn. I've got four of these that I'm going to hit you with. Uh, and I believe with all of these, we're going to be talking teams. We're not talking players when I pose these questions. So let's start with number one. Give me a non-top four seed who is most likely to make a final four. Rob, go to you first. A non-top four seed. Um, I'm not – so I, I'm contractually obligated to not say UConn in this spot. Producer Dagan said that he was going to kick me off the show <laughs> if, I, if I said uh, UConn. So I'm going to go with Alabama. And I don't trust Alabama as far as I can throw them. But they are the one team in the country that's proven that when it comes to the biggest moments – they can rise to the occasion and beat the best teams in the country. They are one of two teams to beat Gonzaga. They beat Houston at full strength, um, and they have another great win that I am currently forgetting at the moment. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Alabama in this spot. I think that they can. The, I, would anyone be surprised if they just found a way to to get this thing going and, and hit 17 threes in four straight games? I don't think I'd be surprised. No, I wouldn't. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Marquette. I'm gonna go Marquette, and uh, Shaka's been there. Uh, I'm a big Shaka guy just because, you know, of the culture. I just think overall they have the tools as well. Justin Lewis is big time. Daryl Morcel could obviously defend with the best of them, but he's showing, um, you know, the, just the the way he can score now. He, he can take over game. He's taken over games a few times for Marquette. And then Tyler Kolick, I think, is good enough at the point guard position just to be solid. But ultimately it comes down to culture. Um, do guys, you know, do, do they get out of whack when the, the game is about ups and downs at the end of the day? And I think Shaka does really well with his guys, especially in the NCAA tournament and building momentum. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to stick in the same conference as Ashton here. And I might just be sucking up to producer Dagan a little bit. I'm going Seton Hall. I haven't been able to shake the Seton Hall team. Rob's rolling his eyes at me for those listening on Sirius XM right now. <laughs> but listen, Seton Hall, since the start of February, last month, they've been a top 25 team, according to Bart Torvik, ahead of teams like Purdue, like Villanova, like Providence, like both of the teams that you just gave, Alabama and Marquette. Uh, I think they had to figure out how to play without Bryce Aiken, up and down, obviously. But when they're up, they're really up. They've won seven of their last nine, won four straight right now. They've got a big one at Creighton, who obviously is without Ryan Nemhard. But, man, I, I like Jared Roden with the ball in his hands late in games. I like Kevin Willard. I like the Pirates. I think they're tough. So, give me Seton Hall. Dari Richmond's playing better, too. He's, you know, he he was the key, I thought, overall. But without Bryce Aiken, I don't know. I, yeah, I that's, that's my thing. That's my thing. They don't have Bryce Aiken. Unless you got some inside scoop that he's coming back. No scoops, sadly. Got the intel. Those aren't my game, Rob. You know that. Takes are my game, not scoops. Uh, all right, let's go to, to superlative number two here. We're going to go with a top four seed this time who is most likely to lose in the first round. Not the first two rounds, not just get upset somewhere along the way, but I'm talking a first round upset. Somebody who's on the top four lines, according to our fielding, the 68 experts. Ashton, let's go to you first on this one. I got Providence. Um, I just, I'm just not a Providence believer. Only, only reason I say that is they don't have that one guy that can take over games at any point, any time. 
you talk about like a Iowa we just we just mentioned with Keegan Murray, Wisconsin with Johnny Davis. Like there's nobody that really sticks out in terms of just taking over a game at will. Um, they have obviously one of the hardest playing teams in the country. You know, Ed Cooley gets his guys to play hard, but ultimately I just don't see that one guy that can consistently take over games. So I just wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, in the neutral court. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if those guys lose. So I'm, I'm going to do my three cheers early cheers to Ashton Gibbs for the Providence slander on this, uh, on this stream <laughs> tonight. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with UCLA. I thought that I picked them to go to the final four in the preseason. And it just feels like a team that has not quite figured it out. They've been banged up. They've had injuries. They've had COVID shutdowns. They've had players that have been out with the COVID regulations um, in February. So it just, it feels like UCLA is just one of those teams where it's just a letdown season. Couldn't get it going. And uh, I would not be surprised to see them lose in the first round. UCLA was my number one team preseason. That's why I'm never going to do preseason rankings ever again, Rob. Uh, my, my answer here is Purdue. I'm going to stick with the team in the conference that I, I know well enough and I've seen enough of. I hate this team in late-game situations. Everybody's made a, a lot of noise about how they've lost, I think, four games now this season on a final second shot, and you can call that bad luck. You could also probably look at the possessions leading up to those shots and question exactly what was going on for Purdue. Uh, but the biggest thing to me with this team, guys, they had an opportunity just a week ago at this point where they controlled their own destiny to hang a banner and win a Big Ten title. They couldn't go on the road to a floundering Michigan State team and get the job done. They couldn't go on the road to Wisconsin and win a tough game and grind it out. Uh, I don't I don't like the makeup of this team. I think they're talented as hell. But if we know one thing, we know that defenses as bad as Purdue's do not fare well in the NCAA tournament. So I will not be surprised if they catch a three or a four seed and they're lined up with the right hot shooting team. It's a shootout, but they get shot out of the tournament very early. All right, let's go quickly to a most likely bid thief. Who's a team who could steal a bid from some of these bubble teams? Rob, who do you got? I'll go quickly on this one. UNLV, they've won seven of their last 10 games. They're 10-7 to Mountain West play. They're playing better. They are actually talented. Kevin Kruger's kind of figured that thing out. Bryce Hamilton is a stud. They got Royce Ham, the Texas transfer, on that roster. And... Most importantly, they play their conference tournament in their home arena. Running Rebels are back, baby. Ashton, uh, we got. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Rob. Um, UNLV is who I had. Um, I, I just think they're, uh, you know, a, a steal. But ultimately, if you're playing at your home, I, I just think uh, you have the home advantage. And I, I just always go with guys that you know play well at home. So. It's going to be rocking. They have the talent, and uh, sky's the limit for those guys. He meant the Pit Panthers, by the way. Just in the <laughs> hey, we're, we're talking reality here, Rob. No offense, Ashton, but we're talking <laughs> uh, I'm going with Missouri State over in the Missouri Valley. Isaiah Mosley, 20 points a game guy. I think he could just win that conference tournament single-handedly. There's a lot of teams who, quote-unquote, need a bid in that conference, Loyola Chicago being one of them. But I've seen him be at his best in some of their biggest games during the conference season this year. So uh, I think Missouri State could potentially steal it. It might be Loyola who they steal it from, but I like them. Uh, Loyola's got... on the wrong side of the bubble. Yeah, it's not good. I'm sad. Hot take. I'm a, I'm a rambler guy. It's not good. Uh, well, we're, we're hearing our music, sadly. We're going to save our last superlative for the afters, which is where you should turn. If you're watching us on YouTube, 
thank you to SiriusXM. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Ashton, for Rob Doster, Ashton Gibbs, the entire Field of 68 Network. My name is Greg Waddell. We'll see you tomorrow night back here at Field of 68 After. And you're clear. All right. Let's get it going. It's the Afters, baby. It's everybody's favorite time, folks. Uh, let's, let's hit my last superlative, and then we'll get some questions from the chat, because I do want to hear your answers on this one. Give me a bubble team who is the most likely to make a run to the final four. Talking like a true bubble team who makes a UCLA-level run from last season. Ashton, what do you got? I'm going to go Rutgers. I like Rutgers a lot, man. Uh, Ron Harper. Uh, they've beaten some big-time teams. But Geo Baker, Paul McKay, I think they have the makeup, and uh, they've done it at the highest level. I just think they the, the way they play as well, uh, they take good shots, they defend. I just wouldn't be surprised uh, if they made a, a big-time run. Ron Harper's tough, man. I love tough. that dude. Tough. He's, he's a killer. Rob, yeah. who you got? So this has got to be a team that's kind of in that, like, we're, we're not talking nine and ten seeds. We're talking you got to be a playing game kind of a team, right? Mm. All right, so – you guys are going to have to, if you're, if you're driving right now, or if you're sitting somewhere, throw on that seatbelt, you got to buckle up. This is going to be a take. It's going to be a take and a half. Should I, gonna, should, should I, should I get ready? Should I get ready to kick Rob's, you off? Rob's going to say mine. Rob is going to say the same team I have. And should if I you get, do, we, we might go straight to our shotgun. Rob. Should I get ready to kick you off this, this, this broadcast? You might, you might need to kick me off of the broadcast in a second, but I'm going with <laughs> the Memphis Tigers. And Let's wow. go. Let's go. They have won wow. nine out of 10. They beat South Florida tonight. They have been a different team since the uh, the guy who will not be named. I don't want to throw him under the bus since he has not really played. Can I Jaylen name him? Duran. Yeah, you can name him. Imani, Imani Bates. Bates. Imani Bates. <laughs> as long as he's had a back specialist in the state of Michigan, this team's good. This team's good as hell. Yes, they've been. They've gotten a lot better defensively. That is the way that they win. They're buying in. Uh, DeAndre Williams is healthy. When he's there, it makes them a very, very good team. Um and it just feels like so. What I think what makes this Memphis group their best is what they were last year in the NIT when they were a team that really embraced the identity of that city gritty, physical, tough. They're going to go out there, they're going to win a fight. And if they win a basketball game too, that's going to be great. When they play like that, like what they've played like for the last six weeks, that they're they're they are a good team. Now, am I going to have that in my bracket? Probably not. Can this team find a way to win games by being more physical, more athletic, more tough, better defensively, and just kick your ass all over the floor for 40 minutes? Yeah, I think that they could. I, it would not be the most surprising thing in the world to me. So I'm going to go I'm going to go with the Memphis Tigers. And I'm glad that someone was on the same page. I was like, this shit's going to be – I'm, I'm going to get so much hate for this thing. So, so Amani's Imani, young, though. He, he has a lot to learn. I, I think eventually he's going to end up being a good player. So I, I not know. only did you tell people to bet the house on Georgetown this weekend, but you also <laughs> told them to pick Memphis to possibly go a couple rounds in the NCAA tournament. Listen, some decisions get made <laughs> – yeah, it's that little liquid in the cup there. You Listen, need, that, I'll, pinky, I'll drink you need that, that pinky when you drink it. You need that pinky when you drink it. I will drink to that, Rob. <laughs> I've never loved you more, Doster. I, I was going to feel alone on that island as well. But this yes. team this team is sixth in the country since the start of February. Like, we're not talking they've been playing good basketball. They've been playing great basketball. 
Like they're, they're a top 20 offense and defense ever since Mr. Bates has left the program. And I don't mean to, to crap all over him because Ashton, you're right. This man, <laughs> this man has a very bright future in basketball somewhere. I have no idea where it'll be. It'll probably be the NBA. But what I do know is that his departure has helped them quite a bit. You can just see it. They played a lot yeah. tougher. They play more together. And that's, I, I don't think it's slanderous at this point to even say that. Like the team has just come together in a way that a lot of teams need to find something to do. Uh, Memphis to me, like their ceiling is what we thought it was preseason, whether or not we, um, you know, we wanted. No, I, I, I disagree with that. I disagree with, with their ceilings. Well, because their their ceiling, if everything worked out the, like perfectly, if Amani was great and Jalen Durant was great, and you had all those guys coming back that fully bought in, and you got point guard play, like their ceiling was a, was top five, top eight. And see, and I, I guess I never thought was. that way. I think I think their ceiling right now is like fringe top ten team, which is about where I had it in the preseason. But maybe I was I think I was lower on them than most people were preseason. Um, I, I was I was with you. I, I I was in fade fade them early. It was, too young, too many weird pieces, but now they're, yeah. they're, they are, they are what they need to be to be able to win right now. That's, yeah. that's where I'm at with it. So. I tell you, Rob, I would be terrified if I'm a five seed and I catch Memphis as my 12th round one. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I feel bad for whoever that team would be. Um, all right, Dagan, what do we got in the chat? We got anything going right now? Yes, we do. Which team has been the most disappointing this year? <laughs> Can I say both my teams, Michigan, Michigan state, Jesus. To, I'm, to I'm me, to to me, the to to me, Michigan is the most disappointing team because they were. I know a lot of people want to say, um, want to say Memphis for that, but to me, it's Michigan because they were the team that had uh, everybody had them as a top five to six team. Like in the preseason, if you like, it was very easy to tell yourself a story for why it wasn't going to work for Memphis, which is the way that it actually played out. I don't think anyone told themselves a story. Yeah, you know what, the guard play isn't going to be good enough. Hunter and Musa Diabate aren't going to fit together. It's going to take two months for Caleb Houston to really figure. I, nobody thought that was coming. So to me, it's it's Michigan. And they've kind of figured it out a little bit. Like, they haven't been playing horrible basketball in Big Ten play. They just kind of dug themselves a hole they're not going to be able to get out of. What about Virginia? Real quick on Michigan. Yeah. Oh, the, the worst part of Michigan right now is that they have figured it out. Caleb Houston and Devontae Jones have been great for a month plus, and they just lost by double digits at home to Iowa in a must-win game. Like, this team – even with things going well, it's a lot further behind. You said Virginia. Well, you got to remember, Ashton has uh, Iowa going to the Final Four, and Keegan Murray is the National Player of the Year. So, <laughs> got to you got to keep context. So, you got to keep perspective, bro. That's true. So, I have. I mean, Seton Hall is not disappointing, but I had them winning the Big East. Ashton, so watch it now. It was watch it now, <laughs> I had Seton Hall winning the Big East for sure. So that's where I'm like, man, I had high hopes for my Pirates, man. I did. Well, hey, Bryce Rob, Aiken, I think Bryce Aiken really hurt them, though, to get hurt. Rob, you know what Michigan could really use right now? What's that? A little peace of mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely could use some peace. They could use a little peace of mind heading into March, and I think everybody could use a little peace of mind. That's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, 
You can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With Nord's VPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. Plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that is B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Dagan, back to the chat. What do we got? Our guy Ace. Ace Robinson. This is for you, Rob. Is Rob going to reimburse the homeless people who he convinced into betting their house on doors? <laughs> Shout out to All Facts Media. <laughs> I will not. But if you do it and uh, and you get in there now, you get a 20% profit boost on anything, any bet that you make at Bet Rivers. Just an FYI, until the end of conference tournament play. 20% profit boost. Think about what that money line is going to be for Georgetown against Xavier, right? And then add 20% to that. That's a pretty good profit boost. How do you not, how are you not betting on the Bet Rivers iOS app at this point? I got another one for Ashton, too, here, hopping in here. This is kind of going off our earlier question to you, Ashton. And, uh, who's the best player you've ever had to guard? Who is the best defender you've ever gone against? Uh, best defender... Believe it or not, James Ennis. I'll never forget it. James Ennis. Long, 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 Beach, Long State. Beach State. Yes. They had Casper Ware, James Ennis, and they killed us at home. I'll never forget that. That was the Casper Ware show, by the way. He killed me. That was my worst college game. Casper Ware. Big time. That's, he was that's, tough. That's a name. But that's James name. Ennis was, oh, my gosh, this guy. Six, seven long arms. You know, he did it in the NBA for a while. Is he still in the NBA? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. He was there for a while. Yeah. Jimmy Butler is up there, too. Like, I, nobody knew he was going to actually be Jimmy Butler, but he, he was up there. Jimmy Butler might have known he was going to be Jimmy Butler. Like that. <laughs> oh, for sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, – those those Long Beach State teams, they had the jerseys that just said the beach. That was back yeah. in jersey connoisseur days. I always thought those were super nice. Speaking of that, Greg, there's just a question that came in the chat. Is the beach jersey one of the best in the sport? 100%. 100%. That's probably on the the top 10, I would say, that I can So give me what are your what are your what are your what's what's the best jersey? What's your favorite? Say, this is also another question in the chat. You guys are, just, are you guys reading the chat? What's going on here today? <laughs> so I I'm partial to a few here. Uh Michigan State script to me, like 79 Magic Johnson throwbacks are really clean, the whites. Um, I've always also had a little soft spot in my heart because I love the team for the Illinois orange, like D Brown era jerseys. I don't know why they haven't gone back to those. It's like a throwback with the big white numbers as well. I like those. I like, and then I like just classics like UCLA, the baby blue, the yellow, like can't beat it. Ashton. I'm going pit, man. I'm going old school pit jerseys. Sean Miller days. That's what I'm going. Old school, royal blue and yellow, Jerome Lane, Sean Miller. That's what I'm going, man. So I've I've always loved the uh the Marquette jerseys, the yellow ones that have like the the navy blue and then the baby blue on the side. Those are real sick. Um, but I think my favorite, and this is gonna be kind of off the wall, Tulane's got these jerseys where it's got like the weird script writing and it's the baby blue with the oh, green yeah. numbers 
and like the green outline on the edge of the like those those are so nice man i don't know what it is about <laughs> you're like, all over baby. the place tonight Dustin. <laughs> yeah but it's it's the baby blue the baby blue uniforms or something about the baby blue uniforms it's just those are the best we need those more chat what do you i do i do agree i do agree marquette marquettes are are nice Oh, Joey Stevens said uh, the the Cincinnati jerseys, the 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 ones that Kenya Martin had. Those were yeah, sick. those are nice. Black yeah, and red. those are nice. Those are nice. And you got, I, I think, I can't believe none of us mentioned this, but like the the classic Georgetown uniforms, the ones like the Kenty cloth one. You know what I'm talking about? Those ones, the the yeah. Allen Iverson used to have them. And, I, um, oh yeah, yeah. Like th- those those days, like those, yeah, those were elite too. Those were great. What a nice conversation about about uniforms. I'm glad we got to that because I wanted to ask that question. And I think we're at the point now in the chat can care less about basketball and we're asking a bunch of random stuff. Uh, guess who Good. wants to know, Rob? Are you, are you having an old fashioned right now? Uh, no <laughs> this this used to this used to be a bourbon on the rocks, but the rocks have been gone, and now it's just like a little bit watered down bourbon. So nice, uh, great. But I will we'll, we'll I'll drink it all if we get to 100 likes. We're at 61 right now. Can I get we got. We got 200 people watching. We can't get 39 more likes. Come on. What are you guys doing to me? Got, like, I think so you like Yeah, you want a shotgun tonight. Rob wants the shotgun chat. So everybody like, like the damn video, yeah? <laughs> I do, like, man. I'm trying, see trying, to get, trying to get these shotguns in. <laughs> Here we go. Here's another question that has nothing to do with basketball. But this is, this is a good, good thinking question for everybody here on late night. Are there more wheels or doors in the world? Oh, my God. I saw this. No. don't. We're not doing this. In, in the world? <laughs> in the world. There's, there's, it's more doors. Like this doors. is not even a question. Doors, yeah. But why? Yeah, car, okay, give me, give every, me, yeah. Every car that has four wheels also has four doors. Wow. It's doors. I'm not gonna lie. No, I'm not gonna lie. Mm. Didn't, didn't, didn't even that think about tough. that when we were sitting back here. That was Did not even think about that. It's, it's doors. One hundred percent doors. But wait. <laughs> Do bike, do bike tires count as wheels? Well, yeah, of course they count as wheels. Yeah. What about wheels on like a skateboard? <laughs> every <laughs> now, this is where you go down. Oh, oh fuck! What about wheels? Every on dress, every chair? every dresser drawer has four wheels. Oh no, no, it's definitely wheels. It's got to be wheels. <laughs> that was a quick switch up. That was a yeah, quick switch. <laughs> how many how many wheels are in the Doster household right now? Uh, dude, I have. I have a, a box of Hot Wheel cars downstairs, and there's probably 200 Hot Wheel cars in there. So we're counting so that right, hot there, that right there is 800, 800 wheels. Are they wheels? Are they wheels? <laughs> They're like plastic wheels? mannequin wheels. Like <laughs> if, I have, if I have a Barbie house, I, hold on, Greg. Greg, I have Greg. I have a question. They're plastic mannequin. What? So if I have a Barbie house, and there's a front door in the Barbie house, that's a door. Yeah, that's one door. One, one door. Do you know no, how that, many wheels are on one Hot Wheel car? Four. I would, I would categorize these. One, as two, three, toys. four. I would just call it toys across the board. I don't think that's a wheel or a door. But now, but now, is there doors on the Hot Wheel cars? No, that's, Hot Wheels don't open. I'm just, no, oh, just we're just. A, hot, what but, Hot Wheel car but, has doors that open? What, hold, on, hold on, hold on. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Brand Hot Wheels are you buying <laughs> your children? Hold Oster? on, hold on. I don't remember ever saying the doors have to open. <laughs> It's just paint, so I could just paint a picture of a door on my wall, and that counts I, as a door. I Is guess. that what we're doing now, Dagan? What, <laughs> what kind of rules do we have going on here? I don't know, man. I'm just reading the questions in the chat. Unbelievable. So are we going wheels or doors? We didn't really come to it. Doors. Doors. I'm going doors. Doors. 
I think I'm going wheels. I think it's wheels. Who, who asked this question? Uh, yeah, it's a horrible I go, question. I got to go on, back. So it's not a horrible question. It's a good question. Horrible question. Great. It's a great question. Can I? I want to interrupt the chat to just provide a quick stat. Here, hold on. I got one. I'm going to cut you off, Greg, because this, right. this is relevant for the conversation. MC Lee, afters opens the door to my heart. Add one door to the tally. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Thank you, MC. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, Greg. Uh, I just want to point out the fact that since February 1st, Michigan State has been the 114th best team in the country behind Akron, Nebraska, and Portland. Move on. Ouch. That's it. Want to throw that out there? Shout out to Carter Elliott. Shout out Carter. Talk. Talk. All right, now I gotta go. Back. Yeah. Hold on, I gotta go look through all the all the door stuff to find questions. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, here we go. Which team out of the Mountain West? We'll go back to basketball because we are a basketball show at the end of the day. Which team from the Mountain West has the best chance to make a tourney run? We're not a basketball show anymore. We're a door show. By the way, <laughs> that's all we oh, are. No, no, we're a wheels show. <laughs> Fuck, get it right, man. Come on. My bad. Um, Ashton, I'll let you take that one first. Uh, you got it, Rob. Um, Col- Colorado State. I'm going to say Colorado baby. State. Yeah. I, you got to go. <laughs> you got to go. Uh, that's my guy, man. Baby George Niang. You know. David Roddy. Yeah. David Roddy. <laughs> <laughs> He's I like player, Isaiah man. Stevens though. I'm a I'm a Isaiah Stevens fan. I think he's a of course you are because he's a guard. He's a guard that can shoot it, handle. Oh, plays yeah. like a, some, plays like an East Coast guard. Hits some game winners too, man. But he's is he a, a Jersey kid. guy? That's that's he's not a Jersey guy. guy though. I don't think so. At least he plays like a Jersey guy. Can I throw? <laughs> I want I want to throw a slanderous comp at Colorado State real quick. And I I love David Roddy. Oh, don't wrong. Colorado oh, Colorado State is the Purdue of the Mountain West Conference. Okay. This this is the 80th best defense in the country. They're clearly the most talented team in the conference. David Roddy, Isaiah Stevens, like they should run away with that. They didn't because their defense stinks. And don't overtrust a defense that stinks into the NCAA tournament, folks. That's my one piece of advice for you. So can I can I tell you that I've actually run the numbers on this, right? I went through every uh every Kempom team that headed into the NCAA tournament as a top five offense and a sub 75 defense. I actually went through, do you know how many they were in the history of Ken Palm's database, Craig? I don't. 28 times this happened. Okay. Uh, you've never had a number one seed that ranked outside the top 75 in defense. Uh, four times we've had a number two seed that ranked outside of the top 75 in defense and in the top five uh, in offensive efficiency on Ken Palm heading into the tournament, not after the tournament heading in. That was 2021 Ohio State. You know what happened there, right? Sure Lost do. in the first round to Oral Roberts. Uh, 2014 Michigan, actually, made Great. it to the Elite Eight as a two seed. Uh, 2012 Missouri, lost in the first round to Norfolk State. Kyle O'Quinn. Uh, I think he's he's a – I'm pretty sure he's a Jersey guy, right? Jersey City? New York. New York. Close <laughs> enough. New York, same thing. It's all the same. Uh, and then 2005 Wake Forest, they lost in the second round. Um, 17 times we've had a top four seed that qualified for those four of those were first round upsets. Four of them were second round, second round upsets six times that those teams made the sweet 16 twice. They made the elite eight. That was 2015 Notre Dame and 2014 Michigan. One team made the final four. Can you guys name who that team was top five offensive efficiency, sub 75 defensive efficiency heading into the NCAA tournament. 
I can't. I'm stuck. Who, who, Here's, is, it? who is it? Here's my first hint. hint. Give us hints. Yeah. Hint. Okay, first hint. You associate them with the Big East, and they did this out of Conference USA. Oh, you're so Is anyone in the is the chat getting this? Let me let me bring it up. See if anyone in the chat, if you get this right, if anyone in the chat gets this right, I will shotgun this. Uh, this since, truth, associate this, this with claw. the Big East since. Uh, yep. Since? And you can't just name the school; you have to name the year it was too. I want to play now. Can we can we go back to the, what was the the, the, the exact USA. question we're looking for here? What is the answer we're looking for here? I'm trying to what do this. Cincy. Mm. Ah, I have a guess. I have a guess. What is it? Is it Dwayne Wade's Marquette team? Yep, you were reading the chat. Good job. I did not read shout, the chat. Shout out, shout, out to, uh, shout out to Joey. Uh, yeah. Dwayne Wade's Marquette team in 2003 is the only team that made the Final Four when they were ranked in the top five of offensive efficiency. They beat Pitt. Did they beat they Pitt? Beat Pitt? Yeah. yeah, I think so. So you have, if you're going to make the Final Four with those qualifications, you have to have a top 50 player in the history of basketball as a junior getting triple doubles every night. That that's what it's going to take to get you to the Final Four. So, um, yeah, it's a it's it's a lot, man. It's a lot. It's a lot to ask. All I'll say out of that out of that conversation is somebody in the chat got it, so it looks like a shotgun. Yeah, shotgun. Joey, so, Joey, Joey, so Joey, Joey, Joey came through in the clutch for the for the, uh, for the, for the chat. Yep. Um, all right. We have any other questions in the chat? Can we get to hundred likes? By the way, can we do that? We're 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 getting there. We're getting there. Perfect. We're getting there. It's seventy four right now, so keep it going. All right. Let, um, let's do a couple more questions, then we can yeah, get out of here. I got I got to go find them again because now you have <laughs> Ace clearly wasn't paying attention um, to the show. He must have been tuning in and out. Uh, Wait. Wants- so if, if all you need is a top fifty player <laughs> in college basketball history or basketball history in general. Keegan Murray and Iowa can make the Final Four this year, right, Ashley? That's your, that's your boys. <laughs> My guy right there. <laughs> national, national Player of the Year, Keegan Murray. Yeah, man. We're He's going to have a great a great NBA career. Remember I said it. Here's, plus year. here's one from our guy, Joey. Just, just save the chat for a shotgun. Um, he wants to know from Ashton, but I'll let you all chip into this. We need to create our Mount Rushmore of Jersey Ballers. Before we get ah, off this show, tonight. this is a good one. So this let's go. Let's let's get going. Dewan Wagner. Mm-hmm. You count Shaq, I guess. You count some people think he's from Jersey. Some definitely Dewan, Shaq. Who else? Um, Kyrie's got to be on there. There's no way. Kyrie, Carl Anthony Towns. Yep. Kyrie, Carl Anthony Towns, Shaq. Dewan Wagner. I'm gonna get one more. It's one more. I'm gonna get one more. It's uh Carl Anthony Towns. I just found a list um, of um of players from uh it's somebody from, I, just, I was just thinking of somebody. J.R. Uh, Smith. Yeah, J.R. Smith would be on my nomination. Rick Barry. <laughs> Dennis Rodman is apparently from was was born in Oh Tim Tom. Uh, I mean, Tim Thomas was one of the best to ever come out in high school, yeah. at least. He's Dennis like Robin a legend. Is, Den- Dennis Rodman is from Trenton. Really? Apparently. I never knew Acor- according, according to basketball reference. Mike Bibby? Hi. Mike Bibby's from Jersey. Yeah, Mike mm-hmm. Bibby's from Jersey. 
Uh, Bam out Kyrie, of Miles from Newark. Good. Wow, look yeah, at that. Bam. Hassan Whiteside is. We got some decent guys. Bobby Hurley. Bobby Ooh. Hurley. You got to yeah, get him on Jalen Brunson. There's a lot of guys from Jersey. I didn't realize we're from Jersey. Wow. Kenneth Fareed. We have Randy Foy. I guess. All right, give, give us guys. a final. Give us a final answer then. So you got Dewan Wagner. All right. So Shaq, Dewan Wagner, Kyrie, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Four. Yeah, that'll work. Yep, four. That'll work. There it is. I'm with it. All right, I'm with it. They're losing to the Lansing all time top four by a lot though. Just want to throw that out. Lansing. Magic. I right, was saying. Yeah. Go ahead. Who's the Lansing top? Four? I mean, Ma- Magic, Al Horford, and then it gets to. Then it gets tough. Denzel Valentine is probably in there. Uh, Valentine? Really? You got... He's probably in there. Bryn Forbes. No, uh, where's Draymond from? Draymond's from. Draymond is uh, uh, somewhere else in Michigan. Saginaw. He's from Saginaw. Saginaw, yeah. Big East guy. Dante Henton. Big East guy. Ah, lefty, lefty He's killer. Done. Is that from? Is that, is that is that from Michigan? That's Michigan. from just the just Lansing, Michigan. Rob. That's just Lansing, Lansing, just Lansing. Yeah, oh, if we if we expanded Michigan, <laughs> it'd be a contest, Rob. Come on. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, why are we why are we talking about Denzel Washington and the best players from from Michigan? You or might Denzel need to Valentine down, my friend. We're not Denzel Valentine. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really paying attention. That's my bad. I'll what are you shotgunning tonight, by the way? What's the what's the drink of choice for the shotgun? Uh, I, was gonna, the I was gonna say that's about that's about it for a question. So we can get to the uh, a black chair, a black cherry white claw. Let's get to it. To the real show of the night. Black chair. Are you are you doing one with me? I'll do one with you. Yeah. Except we're at, we're at eighty seven likes, by the way. Chat. Give us thirteen more, so we they give both us, have. To give us thirteen more. Yeah. For sure. No questions asked. <laughs> Should we do our three cheers prior to this, or should we? We probably should yeah. do it prior. Listen, at this point, <laughs> this show's off the rails. I'm still thinking about the doors and wheels. And three cheers. Diggins <laughs> in a. I'm still thinking about the doors. There's a lot of things you don't think about, right? You got wheels on chairs. There's wheels everywhere, man. There's it's crazy. Yeah, I'm hey, looking around right now. Seen Hall's finest, man. I know, man. Fanta would back me up. I know that. We stick together. Seen Hall guys. I love. Together. I love Hall, man. I love the Hall. I love it. I'm telling you, Ashton. While uh, while we wait for Rob, when I wanted to ask you this, uh, when we were doing the Duke discussion, what's the like biggest environment, biggest game you ever played in? Oh, I was a part of the Scotty Reynolds buzzer beater. Oh, elite, elite eight, or or Butler, Matt Howard. We fouled Butler at with like point three on the clock. We were the one seed. They were the eight seed. Brad Stevens is the coach. That was they it was so one of those. They made the run, right? They made it all the way. Yeah, to they the they made it to the. Um, but I was also cardiac Kemba, so I mean, I kind of had some. You crazy. just you had your heart ripped out a couple of times. Oh man. my gosh! That's so we we know so we know the real answer to that question, then, right? There's a lot of emotions in my college career. Okay, can sure. I can I tell you can I tell you guys a funny story a funny story about that that Big East tournament game when Kemba hit it? I was mm-hmm. sitting. I, I don't for anyone that's been to the the Big East the Big East tournament. The media section is like 
right next to the bench that if you're looking, if you're watching the game on TV, the bench on the left side, right? The media section is like just up there yeah, behind the I basket. Yep. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there watching the game and there's this guy that's that's sitting in front of me, like for the, the second half of the second half, he's doing one of these, right? Like falling asleep. And he falls completely asleep with his head back like this. Like mouth open what? and everything for the entire like for the end of the game like he missed the shot he was just a, really? like completely <laughs> asked out Damn. completely asked out for like probably the greatest like one of the greatest moments of Big East tournament history that was an early game too that was like a noon a noon or two that was a noon yeah. tip that was, that was a, a noon tip. tip that was wild really? yeah, oh yeah because um because what seed were you guys that year we were one we we're number one yeah, in the country. oh the one seed. Yeah, number one. Seat, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, one more story. Crazy, one more story. Man. One more story. Then we get to the shotguns. It, it's it's my Dewan Wagner story. It's one of my favorite stories to tell. So, um, we played them one year in AAU. Right. Mm-hmm. We were playing at the. Uh, it was one of the hoop group events. I can't remember where it was. I think it might have been. It might have been at Pittsburgh. Remember they have like what is yeah. what's the, there's some event. Pit Jamfest. Pit Jamfest. Yeah. Might have been Pitt Jamfest. It might have been something at West Virginia. I went to one at Villanova, too. I can't remember where this one was. But we were playing Dewan Wagner's AAU team, and everyone was all hyped up because, like, we drew them in our group. And we're like, yeah, we'll get to play against Dewan Wagner. Um, so we showed – like, my, my AAU team was pretty good. Like, we sent a kid to LaSalle. We sent a kid to, uh, to Central Connecticut. We sent a kid to Marist. Um, like we had a, a bunch of guys play D2. Everybody played D. Like we had we had a real solid AU team before, like this sneaker stuff. Like we were we won some tournaments in Connecticut. We we were we were good. We weren't we weren't horrible. We had good mm-hmm. basketball players. And so Dewan Wagner, um, he's not there when we tip off. And we're like, well, this whatever, like we're we're hanging with this team. I think we're down by like 10 at the half, but we kept it close for a while. Like they weren't <laughs> blowing us out, and that's kind of what we were worried about. Dewan Wagner shows up in halftime, walks in. He's got like the the jean shorts on and like the I mean you know the jersey look man you got the teams that are untied front, like the, the, yeah just, <laughs> you know the look um, so he he rolls in changes his pants changes his shoes puts on his jersey comes in starts the second half puts like thirty five up in the first ten minutes of the second half then subs himself out goes and sits back on the bench changes back into his tims puts his jean shorts back on over the basketball shorts. You know how like the, the, you know what it is, Jersey. This is. is while the game is going on. While the game is going on and leaves because they're up by like 35 because he put up like 35 points on us in 10 minutes at the start of the second half. And he's like, all right, we won. I'm gone. I'll see you guys later. And I was like, oh now, my God. you know how there's these moments where you're like, you know, I don't think that this basketball thing is going to be <laughs> it for me. I was like, you know, I need a, I need a plan like, B. If, if that's what the NBA dude looks like, I, 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 I don't know what I'm doing with my life playing this sport. I need to go find something else to do. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous, man. I have Long one question life. before we get to the, to the shotguns. MC Lee wants to know, and I think this is this is relevant to our to our conversation. Is the 16 team Big East the best conference of all time? No, there was too much shit at the bottom, like South Florida. the The Big East before they added all of those other like it was right before the, the one before. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Providence was, yeah, so so. I, I, by the way, actually, I, yeah. I love that. I love that you dropped some Providence slanders today. That made me so happy. <laughs> I'm done over uh, here. So you guys do your thing. I love we got, have we gotten to 100 yet? We're at 90. <laughs> Can we get 10 more likes, chat? Come on, do us a favor. All right, you ready for this? 
Uh, let's do our three cheers and then we'll shotgun and get out of here. How about that? All right, let's do it. You want to go I'll first? Go first. I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna steal it from Ashton because I bet he's gonna shoot the same guy. Let's I'm going do it. Murray. I'm taking your boy. I'm taking Keegan Murray. Uh, yeah, he's a killer. I, I just watched the entire first half of that game, and the Michigan fan of me slowly died because we had no answers for him. He's a killer. Uh, he can do it all. He, he's done it defensively. He's done it offensively. He's carried that team that I think uh, doesn't really have a ton around him to the best efficiency margin in the Big Ten. I got my eye on the Hawkeyes for March. So to Keegan Murray, cheers. Cheers to Keegan Murray. Cheers, cheers. Ashton, go ahead. You take it. So I'm going to go Tommy Lloyd and the Arizona Wildcats and hear me out. Um, I just think it's after winning a regular season title, I just think anytime you have a game that you win and you win, you know, pretty convincingly, one by 12, it was a tough game in the beginning. I just think the momentum they have heading into, you know, conference tournament play and uh, even an NCAA tournament, it's easy to, you know, lack. It's easy to, um, you know, just have a drop off completely. So I actually thought it was a really big win uh, coming off, you know, a championship, a regular season title. I actually think it's really good. It's an underrated win for sure. All right, cheers, mine. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Don't, don't cheers. skip that. Throw it up, Rob. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Mine is. I just want to make sure that I have the exact stat right before I say this. Uh, so no, ch- nor Chad Omir. I don't know if you guys know who this is. He's a six foot seven forward at Arkansas State. Uh, in the Sun Belt first round today, he put up thirty five points and thirteen boards and carried the Red Wolves back from seven points down with six minutes left in the game to beat Louisiana Monroe and advance to the, I guess it's the quarterfinals of the Sun Belt Conference Tournament. So shout out to North Chad Omir because, I mean, 35 and 13, you know what he is? He's a mid-major Oscar Sheebway, fellas. He is a mid-major <laughs> Oscar Sheebway. Greg, you ready to knock this out? That's the Cheers. second time that I've made North Chad Omir be one of my, uh, be my three cheers of the night for the record. Start you ready? I mean, well, I don't have it poked yet. Let me poke. Hold on. Also, I'm using he's a got, pen. He's got a poke, guys. Let the man poke. I got a poke, man. It's tough. It's a tough setup. All right. This could be ugly. We'll see how it goes. You ready? Yep. Make sure you guys do it in the middle of your frame. You're standing? Yeah, We're make both sure standing. You. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Man, this show is something else. Busted him. You got, oh, you got cooked, oh. Rob. You got cooked, Rob. Come on. <laughs> I'm fine with that. All right. Great show. Chat, we will All see right. you guys tomorrow. I don't know who's on, but I think it's somebody's going to be on. So we'll have a show for you tomorrow. No, I know who's on. Put some respect on the young fellow's name. We got Sean Paul. I believe we got oh. eight. Yes, it's a, young, uh, it's a young crew tomorrow. Yeah, we got, we got the dream team. We're missing one there. I think, is it Eli? It's somebody. Or is it, Jim? is it maybe Jim? Could be Jim. It's Jim. It's Jim. It's Jim Root from Three Men Weave, Sean Paw, and Ace. And probably Jeff dialing in drunk from Durham. So <laughs> cheers. Uh, for, for Greg Waddell, for Ashton Gibbs, for Rob Doster, thank you to the chat that stuck around. Click that subscribe. Uh, we will be back, Field of 68 After Dark, tomorrow night. We'll see you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.